Farm Food Facts, where every farmer, every acre, and every voice matter. Welcome to Farm Food Facts for Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. Every farmer, rancher, retailer, and consumer is faced with one of the most serious epidemics in our lives. Many of our farmers are in the fields right now preparing their crops for spring. We're also seeing extraordinary efforts from our farmers and our ranchers, everybody across the supply chain working together and coordinating their efforts to fill that supply chain and their supermarket shelves are filling up. Tim Glenn, Chief Commercial Officer for Corteva, is with us today to talk about how the ag sector is coping with COVID-19. This week's kudos and hashtag virtual high five goes to the United Food and Commercial Workers Union that represents over 1.3 million supermarket employees for calling that every supermarket worker be supplied with protective masks and gloves, having customers be required to wear masks in grocery stores and to limit the people allowed in stores at at one time to be limited to 20 to 30% of capacity in order to make it easier to enforce social distancing. The UFCW gets this week's hashtag virtual high five. Tim, welcome to Farm Food Facts. Uh, Great to be with you today, Phil. So, Tim, how have you seen those in the ag sector step up and respond to the current COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, clearly it's been, uh, you know, quite a uh, quite an experience here over the last few weeks. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, you know, our, our farmer customers are either in the field working or preparing uh, to go into the field. And, and so it's... Uh, you know, with that, they've, they've been able to take added measures to protect themselves um, and, and others as well, um, like social distancing and, and uh, taking special care to use good hygiene. So, you know, our, 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 at, at the production level, you know, farmers are prepared. For those of us who are serving farmers, it's obviously put a lot of pressure on us to make sure that we had uh, the products and services in place that they are uh, counting on and uh, to be able to do it maybe in a little bit different way than we typically have, obviously less face-to-face contact and, and uh, respecting um, some of the practices that we've got to put in place now. But I think the industry's really stepped up well and um, you know, we're in a good spot right now where you know, the, the seed, the crop protection products that, that customers need are, are in place. Um, I think others up and down the value chain have also stepped up and, and you look at how truckers are, are uh, making sure that products uh, get into place uh, as they're needed. Um, our retail partners, our uh, agents uh, selling seed, as well as all the way through the food value chain. Um, it's been a great spotlight. And uh, with agriculture being one of the essential industries, it's a huge responsibility for all of us. And I think you're seeing agriculture really step up and do its part to help contribute to society. How has your company, Corteva, and even the individual employees of Corteva been able to support their local communities? Yeah, well, I think, you know, you look at it on, on, on a few fronts. You know, first thing is from a business standpoint, you know, we've worked to, to make sure that we've uh, had business continuity in place. And, you know, that again, that means that, um, you know, the products and services that our customers are trusting and relying on are there. And at the same time, we've had to take care of our employees uh, because, you know, we have uh, literally thousands of employees who are working hard every day to, to provide that service and product to, to our customers. So uh, making sure that, that, our, that our employees are safe, making sure that our operations uh, are, 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 are maintaining good continuity and we're able to uh, supply those products and services has been uh, a, a big 
uh, priority. And, and as I said, we've, we're in a good spot right now uh, in terms of our supply chains and, and having product in place. So, you know, making sure that we're there to serve our customers is probably the first uh, part. You know, from a philanthropic standpoint, um, you know, Corteva has been very committed to helping our communities, the communities we operate in, as well as those individuals that are impacted by uh, COVID-19. And so, you know, we're using um, all of our capabilities to help um, help uh, uh, bring solutions to, to, to folks. And that, that's included, um, you know, contributing uh, our financial resources uh, as, as we can, uh, especially uh, to ensure food security for people who've been uh, impacted by uh, the economic disruption we've got, as well as some of the capabilities we have um, in terms of uh, where we've had additional PPE or been able to prov uh, provide support to uh, first responders or healthcare workers uh, with additional PPE, we've done that. And then finally, from uh, an employee standpoint, you know, our teams are, are really stepping up and, and um, kind of embracing the challenge here. And we've had uh, many grassroots uh, opportunities that have taken place. We've had um, local seed sellers who've uh, collected um, food as they delivered seed to the to the farms. They've been able to collect uh, food and and uh, deliver that to local food pantries. Um, we've seen um, you know one pioneer sales agency uh, get on Facebook and and uh, is matching. Uh, donated food products and and uh, had over 400 donations that they had that they had personally matched and so really all of our team has stepped up and and again it's a really um, I think it's a great time to put a positive spotlight on the contributions we make in agriculture and you know our, our our teams are very committed and proud to be a part of this important industry and and it's been a great opportunity for us to I think perform as a business but also on an individual basis to help society. You know, so Tim, you mentioned, especially now, the ag sector has become more vital than ever. You've just released the results of a study called The Future of Food and Farming that took an in-depth look at the attitudes of the next generation of farmers and consumers, those being classified as millennials and Generation Z, what they feel about farming and the future of the food system. What were the drivers behind commissioning such a study? Well, first thing is, you know, we're, we're in this for the long run, and obviously we're in a very dynamic industry, and it's important that we um, not just uh, look at where we're at today, but look at where uh, trends are moving forward, and, and those uh, next generation producers and consumers are really uh, on the forefront, and it's important that we listen. So, you know, the good news is we did commission uh, this study. Uh, we looked at uh, millennial farmers and consumers, um, it, you know, in that millennial or, or Generation Z range, so probably 16 to 38 years old, and we looked across five countries. So we looked at Brazil, US, China, France, and Russia, which are all uh, key agricultural producers. And the, the good news is that, you know, the attitudes are that our, our food system is strong and stable today, but that that next generation is really interested in and concerned about some aspects of what the future of, of, of uh, food production looks like. And so um, it was important that we get that perspective. So share with us some of those learnings. You know, what, what did you learn that maybe you didn't expect? Well, I think that, you know, one of the things that stood out for me was that there was actually a lot more alignment between uh, those who were on the producer side and the consumer side. And um, to me, um, you know, a lot of times we think about the, the, the difference between those who were on the, in the production agricultural side and consumers. And uh, it, feels like, it feels like there's a huge difference in terms of, 
of what those attitudes are or maybe what the areas of concern are. And there was actually um, quite a bit more um, alignment, I would say, on what the kind of the major areas of concern were. And that there was also a strong alignment uh, and an open-mindedness uh, from both the producer and the uh, consumer side to work together and, and to work uh, more on a collaborative basis to try to uh, ensure that our challenges are solved going forward. What, if anything, did you find out about what both groups uh, believe we really need to do to protect the future of food? Well, I mean, really, they, they are concerned about the integrity of the food system and that, uh, you know, both uh, producers and consumers are interested and in that they believe that, that they have a responsibility for helping to uh, create solutions uh, and they want to work together in order to develop what those solutions are. I'm not sure if you if you asked this this question, but do these younger consumers understand the importance of making sure that our farms can survive in order to meet the increased demand of of a growing population? Yeah, absolutely. There was really strong alignment, and there was probably four common uh, areas of interest that I would call out, and certainly securing the interest on in the future of farms was one of those. And, and um, I think that there's a justifiable concern around, you know, what is the future of family farming operations going forward? And both from a consumer standpoint and from a producer standpoint, um, there's, there's some concern about whether uh, family farms will continue to be able to operate as we look down the road. So do you share that concern? You know, it's, it's certainly something that it, that is a concern because, you know, there's, uh, you know, you look at our, our history and there's no better steward of the land than someone who's living and, and uh, raising their family on that. And so, you know, it's, it's the tradition of agriculture, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And so, you know, we, we work hard to make sure that our, our, that our customers, um, you know, most of whom are uh, family operations, uh, are, are able to be as productive as possible and, and, and be in a position where they can sustain their operations for generations to come. So when we look at millennials and we look at Generation Z, very food-involved generations, probably more than we've ever seen before. How, how do you envision these two groups working together to ensure a, a, a good food-secure future? Yeah, I think, I think you know, from, from both sides, we've got to listen to each other a little bit more. Um, again, a lot of times it feels like we're coming about uh, an issue from very different uh, perspectives, but when you can find that common ground, those issues of concern, uh, whether it's around, um, you know, protecting the availability, protecting those who are producing uh, food, making sure that, um, that um, you know, that we're confronting some of the major challenges around sustainability, um, it's, it's really important that we work in a collaborative way and, um, and, and make sure that both sides have a voice in this. So, you know, we in agriculture can't just operate with a deaf ear uh, to, to those who are further up the food chain. Um, from a production ag standpoint, you know, we have a, we have a responsibility to make sure that uh, we're listening to those who are going to be consuming our products. And, and uh, from a consumer standpoint, you know, we need to uh, ensure that there's a level of transparency so that they understand um, the, the, the great steps we're taking towards sustainability, that they understand the technologies that we utilize in terms of production of food and also um, the, the processes that we use throughout the food chain. So I think that there's an opportunity for both sides. And I look at communication and collaboration being absolutely key here uh, because there are more points of common interest here than difference. And what we have to do is make sure that, that uh, we're sharing 
uh, information freely and that, that we're engaging in that conversation versus kind of locking ourselves in our own corners. So you mentioned sustainability a couple of times and both sustainability and climate change are hot button issues right now. What does this next generation farmer feel needs agriculture to do to be a solution to climate change? Yeah, both, both consumers and farmers, they, they want to work together to find solutions that, uh, that, um, that ensure that we've got readily available uh, food, uh, that we've got technology available to help uh, produce it in an efficient way, in a high quality way, and that we are uh, addressing questions around impact on climate or sustainability. And so, you know, both want to work, or both uh, sides are, are saying that they want to live in a world where they don't have to choose between the environment and having enough to eat. And so, um, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of common interest there. Um, there's an open-mindedness to the science and technology uh, that's absolutely necessary to continue to drive productivity. And, you know, that's where companies like us come in and, um, you know, bring solutions that help, you know, balance that, uh, that, 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 that uh, what seems like a gap at times between uh, productivity and sustainability. And, you know, products like Rinspore, which is a new rice herbicide that uh, recently won the Green Chemistry Award is a great example of bringing a product that meets that farmer's need go out and, and deal with very difficult uh, weed control issues and at the same time is doing it in a very environmentally responsible way uh, and is a, is a major step forward from technologies that have been used in the past. What do these people that you surveyed uh, feel is, is the biggest threats to food from climate change? And uh, did they give you any suggestions about what could be done to combat it? I'm not sure that we got into absolute suggestions around combating it, but I think that there's an open-mindedness to having technology being a part of it. And I think that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, I, I look at the challenges, you know, my career is relatively short in the history of agriculture. I'm, you know, my 32nd year working in the industry, but I look at the practices we employ today versus what we would have done back in the late 1980s when I would have joined the industry. And, and, and most of those have been driven by technology. And I think that there's an open-mindedness that technology is going to be a, a, a big part of the solution uh, that's going to help deal with some of these great challenges. So, um, you know, we've got to continue to push forward. We've got to continue to challenge ourselves. And, and we, can't, we can't turn a deaf ear to, um, to, to what those challenges are. And, and I think that that, that that continued drive forward and developing solutions that are going to help um, you know, balance that need to drive productivity at the farm gate level, as well as do it in a much more sustainable way. Um, that's going to be a big part of our path forward. So when you reviewed this survey and, and the results from it, what was the one big wow that when you saw it, you said, I never knew that. I never thought about it. And a light bulb went off in your head. You know, I, I, I guess I, it struck me personally that um, that there was such a, a question about what the future of food was going to look like and whether we'd be able to produce enough uh, to, to, to help meet the needs of, a, of, of a, what's an ever-increasing con consumption of the world. And both farmers have that concern as well as consumers. So there is genuine uh, concern about our ability to, to, to provide that high-quality supply uh, that's needed to, to support a growing world. That was That was one thing. Um, that, that clearly uh, stood out. And again, I think, I think just the, the fact that, um, you know, on the big, big rock issues that are out there, whether it's around the future of food, whether it's around sustainability um, issues in general, 
whether it's around securing the future of family-owned farms. Uh, that, is a, that is something that was uh, very common. And then finally, um, making sure that both consumer and farmers have a voice in the discussion. Um, those things really stood out to me. But, but that part around the question that, that you know, because I'm an optimist and I believe that, um, you know, that, that uh, you know, we've got a great track record of providing and, and you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to travel the world and see uh, the impact that, uh, that agriculture is having around the world. And so I'm, I'm probably maybe more of an optimist in that space, but the fact that there is genuine concern uh, from both sides, probably, that probably struck me more than I would have expected. Well, keep up that optimism. And, and Tim, thanks so much for joining us today on Farm Food Facts. No, it's great to be with you. And I appreciate everything that everyone uh, is doing up and down the value chain um, from, from the production agriculture side all the way through those who are, um, who are um, at the retail level uh, servicing uh, consumers uh, that are um, under duress. Um, it's a challenging time. Every year, it seems like we have different challenges in agriculture, and, and, and this is certainly one of them. But, uh, you know, I just want to take the time to thank you for uh, bringing focus to the issue. And certainly hope that Aspen everyone appreciates everyone up and down the value chain because uh, we are um, playing a valuable service uh, to all Americans right now. And um, and uh, um, I think some folks are probably not recognized appropriately. So just want to say thank you to everyone who's uh, contributing to uh, the surf the surf uh, society. Well said, and thank you. Thank you very much, Phil. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look for us on Facebook at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers or on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.